This is Political Junkies with Brian Howie. Hi again, everyone. It's Brian Howie. Welcome back to Political Junkies, the podcast for those hooked on politics. So as this episode drops, we are approximately, uh, give or take a day, one year since sort of our normal uh, got shaken up, that our, our world sort of shut down. I, I look at the date of when things really got knocked out of kilter as, as March 11th, uh, 2020. And the reason I remember that date is I was doing a live um, theater show in Denver and we came, and it was a packed house and we came out of there and I turned my phone on and I saw that uh, Rudy Gobert on the Utah Jazz had tested positive for COVID and NBA shut down and then the dominoes started sort of that night. So as this drops, we're about a, a year away. So I kind of want to talk about not just COVID, but this the the year to year from March to March has been one of the craziest um, years that any of us have ever had for a lot of reasons. It was political and it was um, protests and COVID and and unemployment and the economy and a lot of things got shaken up. So I have two people in here. We're going to sort of walk backwards a little bit and then uh, move forward. She's been on this uh, show four or five times. Um, she always brings at the least, heat. At least five. At times, least five times. <laughs> Kalika Moquin, how are you? Good, Brian. Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, and making his debut. He's got some things to say. I, I, when, before we start these shows, I was like, is there anything you don't want to say? And he looked at me like I was crazy. What would I want to say? Uh, James Ryan, how are you? Doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. Um, where were you <clears throat> March? What was your life like in March 2020? I'll start with Kalikwa. Okay. Kalikwa. Um, well, I um, own a DJ agency called Blackout Artists. And uh, I remember like the very end of February... Um, there started to be some cancellations of conventions and I had DJs booked to play conventions. And at the time I remember that being such a big deal. Like I was like so mm -hmm. pissed that I lost this convention business <laughs> and I like calling some of the other agencies. I'm like, are you guys losing business? And then one of the other agencies like, no, I don't have any cancellations yet. I'm like, well, fuck, is it just me? And so I was like, oh, upset about that. And then all of a sudden, like, the casinos call and they're like, oh, we're closing lounges because convention business is down. So we got to cancel your lounge DJs. And I was upset about that. And then I don't think I could prepare what was coming for the week of March 11th through 13th. Yeah. It was just, like you said, a domino effect of everything canceling. I think Live Nightclub canceled like out of an abundance of caution. We're closing. And then every club just copied that and posted that black square with the white writing that just like you know, we're, we're shut down, we're done. Right. And, and uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with the cancellation. So it was just like the DJs are finding out that they had to like cancel the work, cancel their flights, mm -hmm. cancel everything just from the Instagram posts. Right. It was like one thing, like you said, a few conventions around the country. Yeah. Um, was it South by Southwest? Like a yeah, couple things one, were canceling. I had, that I had, personally, I had some live shows in February in Singapore and New Zealand and they were canceling. I'm like, huh, things must be bad over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. it was fine here. And then, then it was like, well, we'll cancel because, um, not because it was going to be you know, health-wise, it was because, well, the business won't be as good because people are canceling mm -hmm. their trips and a yep. lot of people around the country. But it was a weird thing. That was about the time second week of march it was like huh this is weird but it's going to shut down for a few weeks yeah and i think at the, <laughs> the time it was maybe a few weeks i don't think anyone anticipated that a year later we would still be here i, I think that at the time april seemed far away it was 14 days to flatten the curve remember yes. yeah it yes. was march 14th from <laughs> and, and what was your life like well um, what do you remember is sort of the before and after 
gosh, I got a little jump. I remember seeing um, on Twitter all these videos being snuck out of China of just, you know, these guys in hazmat suits locking people in their apartments, shutting down entire apartment complexes, you know, with bars on the doors and people being dragged out of cars on the street. So this is, I think, beginning of February. And then the World Health Organization came out with that. Oh, it's not transmissible from person to person. Mm -hmm. So everyone kind of relaxed and thought that it wasn't going to be that bad. But I'm like, mm, I'm going to start stocking up on shit. So I literally had all my supplies. So you were the one. Thing. Oh, no, you I, were the hoarder. I had this stuff ahead of time. <laughs> um, so when we were, and I didn't even tell my wife because I didn't want her telling other people and just, you know, getting out there and create even like a mild panic because, you know, everything can go viral instantly now. Mm -hmm. um, and just in case it didn't get bad, I didn't want to seem like a psycho. Right. But um, when she <laughs> came home and she like, uh, started panicking, like, do we are we gonna have enough stuff? And I'm like, babe, let me show you what I got in the man cave. You know, it's just like <laughs> all this abundance of stuff. And I had bought a bunch of ammo before that, also, which is now like the new toilet paper. Ammo. If, if you're a shooter. Um, but but once again, I thought that it was gonna be bad for a little bit. And then by May, I figured by Memorial Day weekend, Vegas would be back up kind of kind of running. You know, because if you look at the stats, mm -hmm. Everyone that was dying, it was like literally 87% of the people were all like 65 and above. Right. It's fine. It was, it was, it was, first it was, you know, we noticed some things going on in Asia. And then about the time, two weeks before it closed, it was, it was a problem in Italy. Yeah. Yes. Right? And, and we looked at it here and then, you know, cause I always wonder if, you know, Rudy Gobert, the NBA player did not test positive that night which really shut the nba down which then shut down march madness which then shut down a lot of other things south bias you said i remember that, that yeah was there was like a handful of things but we were still at that time because i went back and looked it up like 12 people had it you know and they were mostly in washington state and like three people died and and the numbers right. were you know i remember saying um i was doing a tv interview like um in Florida, like a week before about something, and they and they did a little feature about something called social distancing. And I went on when they went live to me, I was like, that's ridiculous. Whatever that is, like, that's stupid. We're never going to do stuff like that. Like, and I remember oh, saying, saying that at a time, I'm like, I, we don't do that here in America. And, and then slowly, when did Vegas shut down down? When did they lock the doors on the casinos was that memorial day or was no, that no. much earlier march 14th is when sisalak yeah. said everything is shutting down except that for, fast yeah except for non-essential yeah they think they gave it like a three or four day heads up so guests could check out the hotels and stuff i think it was like okay on tuesday the casinos are done like they're shutting down and then red actually stations for a second were like no 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 we're staying open because i remember like apex was still open like a couple wow. of weeks, and like the casino, the, the stations were like, we're not complying. And then they eventually got forced to. You brought up the convention thing. I don't think people fully realize the money and the planning and the stuff. You know, convention calendars are booked out sometimes years in advance, travel schedules. So to pull the plug on Vegas, which is essentially pulling the plug on lots of different things, but that business, which, you know, We'll get into in a minute, like w whether that'll ever come back. A lot of it because people long ago, but pulling the convention business out of Vegas is the biggest domino of all. I think. Mm -hmm. How yeah. far out? Um, you know, do they just cancel a month at a time, or do they wipe things out for six months? Do you remember how that went down here? I think they just wiped out everything. They just I, wiped I, I out everything. everything. Like so for somebody who works then... here, were you like? Um, what was your attitude about that then? Were you just like, oh, I see what they're doing? Or, or were people protesting that? I, How quick? What was I, Vegas like? 
I think we were just kind of all in like shock and all in the same situation. It was like, what the heck? And, you know, I think a lot of it too, especially, you know, was how are these people going to pay bills that work in this industry that, you know, everyone's in such a gig industry and people are so dependent on that seasonal business, especially in March is one of our busiest years. You know, the pools just opened. There was, you know, girls just got hired to work at Wet Republic. Yep. Went out and bought brand new cars and right. Because you you assume the money's coming in. You brought up the gig thing. A lot of people focused on, well, when we shut it down, let's work it out with that giant union, the the hotel, restaurant, whatever the big Mm -hmm. union is. Culinary union. Yeah. They don't really consider the gig worker. They don't consider the freelancer. They don't consider the people who pick up the jobs from the time. And those people fall through the cracks all the time. But they fall through the cracks on the unemployment benefits. They fall through the cracks on people. They, they don't get calculated in stats. We were, I mean, 2020 was supposed to be the year. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the NFL draft coming in here. They built that yeah, new convention center um, in the back of uh, the link. I forget it was Caesars yeah. or whichever yeah, one yeah. it was. All this stuff... 2020 was going to be the year we all crushed. It made huge money. Chaos got shut down. So for the nightclub industry, it was back to just the big players. No more new kid on the block that came in here completely confused and, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Unmatched. The draft, you know, in the history of big things in Vegas, and there's a long history of big things, that was going to be the single Massive. biggest thing yes. to ever yeah. happen in Vegas. Mm-hmm. That was, um, I don't know, third week in April, late April. April 28th. When did they pull the plug? April 21st. How long was it like, well, the draft might still happen, or did that get shut down immediately too? Was so, that March? I think when everything was shut down in March, for, for example, I was just getting notified because I didn't uh, get let go until the beginning of May. So we were still getting updates, but it was just you know what they wanted us to know, and it was all coming from the executives and the vice presidents, and they were just like, well, the earliest we should think about is like Memorial Day if we were to come up with new stuff. So there wasn't even questions like, well, why isn't the draft happening? It was like, all right, you got to focus on what happens if we open a Memorial Day or if we open, you know, during. And when did you know you were day. losing a summer? Um, probably when had to be in May. Mm-hmm. Because all the con- big conventions, well, you had the, the holidays. Casino, opening days got getting pushed back, too. And when you knew and the no casinos were open, it's nothing's happening. Yeah. So. And so what was, were you like, um, I'll, were you committed to Vegas? You're here. Mm-hmm. You guys are both committed to Vegas, right? I mean, we were committed to Vegas at that time, but now it's gotten to the point where because of- Because we've gone a full year now yeah. and it's like, I can't wait on Vegas. No, because of this act of God, we lost all our non-competes because, you know, for example, me being, you know, at director level, I had a year-long non-compete inside Vegas, six months outside of Vegas. But because, you know, the pandemic, there were no no more Mm non-competes. But this is, you know, I've made it my home, so I wanted to kind of ride it out. But Mm -hmm. it's like now, cashed out retirement, going through my savings, because this $400 a week is just bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, I, the the unemployment, I mean, we can get into the whole episode about what a mess that was for a lot of people. But I mean, one good thing, and you, I know you mentioned gig workers, is they did open yeah. up the PUA, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. For, so if you were an uh, independent contractor, you could get assistance. But it took months for some people to get paid And what did you have to show to get assistance? Say uh, it's you, like a 1099. So if you showed yeah. a 1099, then, and how long did that last for? And people were applying. I think they opened it up in April. And I mean, I know people that didn't get paid till December. So, oh, really? Yeah, there are because that- I knew that, like, in Los Angeles, a lot of actors and actresses and whatever, they'll be like, well, I'll, I'll, you know, they wait tables. That's shut down. Then a lot of them were like, I'll drive Uber. Well, there was almost no Uber. Yeah. Like, Uber was always, like, a good backup job for a lot of people. Uber was gone. And so then it's just people 
I don't know what people were doing. And I don't know what people were doing here. Was there an underground culture of ways to make money? Were there private parties? Was that going on or that just didn't happen? Oh, I don't... Not to get anybody in trouble. Well, obviously. <laughs> but um, I got lucky in that sense where, or I guess my wife and I got lucky because we found out in January that she was pregnant. Or February? Somewhere in February. Sometime in February we found out she was pregnant. So that kept us out of wanting to go to other cities to party and looking for the underground yeah. stuff. You know, you'd see on people's Instagram stories that they're having a great time, but also with one day the Surgeon General coming out saying nobody needs masks and the next day they're like, oh, everybody needs 19 masks. You know, yeah. it was just, everything <laughs> was so up and down. We didn't want to take that risk with the baby. Yeah. Because we're healthy people. We but you also like, had to be freaking out like, oh my God, we can't work and yeah. we have but a baby coming. That's why I cashed out my retirement and knew I had, you know, good Jeans savings. <laughs> I know. That one of the, the few that you'll find I, in this industry, probably. <laughs> I, I, I blame that on my parents. Like, they were always like, you have to have at least six months of, of living expenses saved up. You yeah. know, you should always have that amount. Yeah. And we make good money here in Vegas, mm -hmm. and it's not expensive to live here. So if you're just smart, even for a couple months, just putting money away. How? Um, so then the second big thing of last year was the, um, the protests. Did that hit Vegas? There were protests here, yeah. A little bit. Where were they protesting? On the Strip. Because there's yeah. every because the Strip was closed, so you're sort of protesting yeah. outside of I closed mean, businesses. People kind of turned the Strip into like a playground. Like people were bike riding up and down at every right. night and protesting. But was there on legitimate like downtown? Was there legitimate civil unrest here, or was uh, Vegas? Someone did get hurt. A, a police officer. Police officer was shot, shot in the back of the head mm -hmm. by a protester. Yep. Um, there were some protests downtown. There were some protests on the Strip. I think the police did a pretty good job of kind of letting them protest, exercise the First Amendment. Anytime they kind of got outside of that realm with violence or stupidity, then I think they kind of yeah. shut them down. But Vegas does a but very good way, job. Like you're protesting, like you're going to the Strip, which is completely closed, and you're protesting um, to a closed business that is not that nobody lives there. I you mean, know, every other city people live the, there. We could go on. The you understand that didn't virtue make signaling. Sense. All right, well, let's go. That's yes. why we're here. I want to talk about the things that didn't year. that didn't the make sense. The amount of virtue signaling, like he just said, the virtue signaling has gotten out of control in 2020. It's like, and in, 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 to 2021 is like even worse. It's like now the fucking Dr. Seuss is like on the chopping block. Like he's, I know like, we, we talked about that in a prior podcast, know, like Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head and people. Um, it's potato yeah. head. But you know, here, here's my thing with like these the protests and stuff. And I'm all you know for BLM protests and exercising your First Amendment right. But it's like what you have to have an end game, an end goal. Right. You know, you have to like have a solution in mind. So just a hundred days of protesting after a while gets a bit redundant. Like, okay, what is your what is your end goal with these protests? Right. Like, what are you actually trying to change? What what are you trying to accomplish? Well, you here? have to look at the structure of the protest. The people that are out there on the streets aren't. Their end game is they believe that they are oppressed and that they don't get mm -hmm. equal representation or equal treatment under law. The people organizing this, it's a money-making thing. I mean, what was it, like $5 billion in donations mm -hmm. to Black Lives Matter, but you don't know where any of that money goes. It's just tracked back to these crazy salaries. Yeah. So you have to look at the structure and then the end game for the people organizing the protests and funding the protests is a lot different than the people that are out there on the streets who... Some who are virtue signaling and some who are out there because, you know, they really feel like this is mm -hmm. the way life is. Is it tough to get a grasp on the racial makeup of Vegas because it's so transient and it's so riddled with visitors and outsiders? Is it, 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 you know, what is the racial makeup of Las Vegas? I don't know. Do you even yeah. know? No. There's really no. I just, I just feel like it's kind of a melting pot of 
everybody <laughs> right and people come you know? and go so yeah. then you know the protests are here but it's like is there a, is there you know this racial problem everywhere i get that but is vegas have a problem or it's just like well it's now time to it, it's the protest part of the pandemic I don't, you I know like that made people only, steer because people did look at that like oh my god we're allowed to go outside if we protest yeah, yeah i i feel like vegas like people that vegas is prejudiced against to say that people have money <laughs> <laughs> Some people have money. You, you got money. Vegas loves you. That's it. Don't matter what, yeah. what color of skin you are, what background, what country you're from. Like you, they will roll out the red carpet for you here. So, well, that's right. Are we going to? You know, you bring that up. Where you're from? There's a huge. Um, you know, Chinese New Year just happened a few weeks ago here, mm -hmm. and it's tough to tell how how muted that was because it was still semi locked down. But our foreign tourists. They're just checked out of America altogether for a little while. You know, that's part of the, 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 the trickle down is the coverage around the world is that Los Angeles has lost their minds. You know, I mean, not Los Angeles, that America has lost their minds. And Los Angeles and New York and all these protests, people are like, you know, we're on the list of, of countries that a lot of governments now say, don't visit there. It's dangerous there. They have a problem there. That's going to trickle down into a tourist. It's going to trickle down into Miami. And it's going to trickle down to San Francisco and Seattle and places that foreign visitors come. But especially Las Vegas, especially the Asian tourist market. You know, there already aren't a lot of flights coming over here from China. Anyway, that is a huge part of Las Vegas, right? Yeah, our, our international business is huge. I don't know if people are going to essentially, I mean, your government tells you not to do a lot of things, you know, and people still do it. If, you know, you have your other big casino, like Macau is big. Um, yeah, Macau is big. Singapore, maybe. I'm trying to remember the ones that are in Southeast Asia. But um, why not? I think Vegas is going to make a recovery. I think it's going to be a lot longer. I think a lot of the slowdown in our recovery is due to our governor. Um, he's behind a lot of other states. He's not out there making speeches. He's not doing anything. I mean, Cuomo's out there killing people's grandmothers, but he's literally still but in he's out face. There. Like, he's out there. Oh, you know, the, making excuses and at least talking. So, Him and Newsom they, and even yeah. DeSantis. There's a lot of governors who give a press conference every day. Yeah, but they have Sislak something doesn't to do say. That. When we would watch Sislak's conferences, it's uh, it's kind of like I don't know if you've ever like been so busted you can't get out of something, so you just keep talking and talking and talking, yeah. hoping to wear down yeah. your you know your opponent or whoever. But he's in a tough spot, right? Because they did open. Let's let's so Memorial Day, Vegas did a little bit open. Did they? I don't remember. The, the, the hotels reopened Memorial Day. Casinos reopened. Yeah, I think there was like an opening and then a closure of some sort again. I don't know if it was like the bars open and the bars closed back down. Oh, God, this all seems like ancient history. Right, I know. So it was really about two months. And then slowly a couple of... Yeah, it's like in July the bars reclosed down, I think. Right, but the, the casinos and the reopen. hotels opened, you know, yeah, so you, yeah, May, yeah. early June. Yeah, it was, I think, it was like June 4th, I think was the day they opened. But Vegas operating at... 10% capacity and 1% speed, you know, and they're, and they're discounting rooms, but you want people to come here and they can't really spend any money. Right, they can't really go. And it was a weird situation. All the fights and all the, um, the viral videos of the things happening in different casinos happened yeah. during yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. When like when, for example, was like, we will never lower our prices ever yeah. again. Well, then, I mean, cause that's what, you know, the, the government stimulus money started kicking in and, 
you know, you have people that were used A lot to, of it is because California was so shut, people more, are like, let's go to Las Vegas. they're actually making more money than they were prior to COVID. Right. So when you have people that have like this influx of cash that they didn't, maybe didn't have before and Vegas is inexpensive and it's a four-hour drive. It's, You're right. <laughs> one, of, but, one of my guys was actually... He um, was one of the hourly employees we had on the team, and he was loving it. He's like, I get the four sixty nine for or four ninety, whatever the unemployment is. But then there was the extra six hundred dollars yeah. for the first couple months that yeah. you were getting. So they were getting like a thousand a week. Getting a thousand dollars a week. He's like, more than I made before. Yeah, and I don't have to go to work. Like a lot of people are making more. But the before. the double whammy of of um, and for those listening to you who are not Vegas based, you know, we don't want to talk too much about Vegas, but Vegas is a pretty good microcosm of, of America. And it really does rely on a lot of things that a lot of major cities um, rely on. And, and sort of the, the three things that Vegas relies on that New York li- relies on and, and like I said, Miami and a lot of big cities are tourism, uh, conventions, um, and, foreign, and foreign travel. Yep. And those three things, you know, the convention business m- everywhere might never come back because people are like, oh, it's cheaper to do this by Zoom or there's other ways to do it. It's, ma- it's really made us rethink. Business travel won't happen as much, which trickles down to the hotels, which trickles down to the restaurants, which trickles down to everything. You know, Vegas, is there is there conversations or is there planning going on like if this doesn't come back for two years how do we fill that void are they already thinking of it or are they just trying to live month to month now because like i said these conventions get planned these concert tours get planned these trips get planned you know hotels get planned you know there's a couple new big ones opening how far down the road are like this might never come back this piece of business i i i think it's going to come back you think, think the conventions are going to come back? Yeah, I think everything is going to come back, probably even stronger, maybe than it was before. Because it's it's not so much that that you know it's not going to come back because it's safe, but people have rethought the way yeah. they do business and what they spend money on. They're like, well, we used to fly, we used to fly eight people to have a meeting, and yeah. now we zoom. You're, 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 that is correct, but I think now it more or less might be hybrids of it, where like they do the convention, but then they have some virtual stuff too Mm -hmm. so but i think that um people you know do need that human connection and do want to have a reason to travel and meet up with others and i think they want to but are the companies going to pay for it like a lot of companies (laughs) are like i'm just going to get rid of our office space you know they realize that we can make it work and so uh you know the 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 trickle down of something like that in a city like new york well then the bars restaurants and retail stores that are around all those office buildings they don't have the people coming into work every day you know, these are big picture conversations that the longer a city stays shut or the longer uh, a, a country stays shut and we do rethink it, yeah, money gets diverted in different ways, but that might take 10 years to really rethink yeah. how we did, how we replace these bodies. I feel like it's also generational. You have certain people, especially the younger ones who are used to doing everything on their phones, you mm-hmm. know, um, Zooming, FaceTime, whatever that they're just normally comfortable with, where you have a lot of the adults who don't want to sit down and watch their phone screen, you know, or their laptop yeah. for an eight hour convention day. They still want the tangible. You have a lot of new products that are coming out in like agriculture or any of these other um, genres that people want to go and see how they operate. You have like that other, you know, the older generation that literally is more, everything has to be tangible and hands on. Yeah. They're still going to want to do these conventions. Um, I think if we were open, you would have had Shot Show here. Yeah. in January. They were the, one of the last ones to cancel. Um, 
there's that desire to just leave your normal life. When you get stuck in these routines and you have mm -hmm. that corporate job and it's Monday like, to Friday, whether, whether it's in your home or whether it's in your office, Vegas was that escape. And yeah. I still think that that desire for that and companies are going to need to do that. You know, we went on corporate retreats here in Vegas yeah. because there has to be those times where you get away, where you step down from the hierarchy and how everyone is tiered in the office building to like, all right, now we're going to do all this problem solving and these fun, you know, tasks together and everybody's on that same level. Just, the rhino till six in the morning. And oh, that was, but, that but was normal. But laughing. some of these, oh, the, the convention schedule in Vegas is, um, it's pretty regular. Like, um, it was, yes. what's the electronic, what's the big one? CDS, CDS, and then um, but there's CDS, you know the, there's the fashion ones are in like February or whatever. Some of these are losing two years of it. So if it's two years of an industry's way of doing things is wiped out, that's not going to come back because they're not suddenly on year three going to be like we're going to go back to the way we did two years ago because they had to figure out a way to get by. So it has to be not can we bring that back? Is what do you think can fill the void? Because uh, on a prior podcast, we talked about that the gaming revenue, states are very interested in figuring out how to make that work because they're going to close these budget deficits by legalizing sports gambling in 45 different states and, and opening more casinos and all that kind of stuff. And people still go to Vegas because they want to gamble and they still go because they want to drink and they still go. But the business um, stuff is what I worry about Vegas because that's such a big piece and they would buy 1,500 hotel rooms and they buy all the flights and... You know, that employs everybody from, you know, the, the, the valet to the strip club worker. I mean, I think that people are definitely going to have to get innovative. Um, I mean, a lot of Vegas has been furloughed for the past year, so there hasn't been a it, team it of people working on bringing is, it back. The were way you here when Vegas, you know, remember, tried to reinvent itself as a family destination 20 I, I, years ago? I, as a tourist, was here for that. Right, right. so that's, that's something that they, for whatever inspired that, they thought outside of the box. It wasn't really long-term the way, but there was like a five-year period where we're going to put in water slides and want families to come here with their four-year-old. You know? See, this is where I think it, it goes top-down, and this is where our governor should, maybe he's been working on this stuff and none of us know about it, where there needs to be a reopening strategy. We can't just keep staying behind every single other state. You know, yeah. us going to 50% in May, like that's insane. When you have Texas that today just is like, oh, no yeah. more mass and everyone's back to 100%. Now, do we need to be on that extreme? I wouldn't mind it, but also because coming to Vegas is a choice. Yeah, you know. Um, but also, but you you say that be, that's extreme. Extreme. Well, I'm saying is that, the other way. I'm saying that you have both sides. You have <laughs> right. us, which are completely locked down, thirty percent occupancy in hotels, which they have to be thirty percent even to like barely get by. Yeah, but. There needs to be a reopening Vegas plan. There needs to be a huge marketing push. Yeah, I don't. There, I agree. This city better be ready. And this is, you know, to the governor and all his people. There should be a program in place at the moment he's ready to re unleash fifty percent in May. The marketing has to be in every airport, on every news station, everything across the country, and even is, you know to our uh, the country. What is traditionally the, the busiest month here? Is it June? May. May. Um. Are things being booked for May? Are concerts looking like they're happening in May? Or is the calendar empty? Uh, I know there's a couple of concerts in July. Life is Beautiful just released. I think they're coming in September. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, September. I yeah. think that is. I I'm think a lot of think things are getting pushed for the fall. E but again... EDC yeah. is still listed for May, aren't they? Are they? I, I believe be cool. the EDC is still listed for May. Yeah. Um, Outdoor stuff will probably come back first. 
but like Being you know you know uh, mm -hmm. Mariah or whoever's at the Coliseum at Caesars now you know they have to sell a lot of tickets to to make that work and if you're there at limited capacity or any of the shows that's going to be tough and again this is not just a Vegas thing this is every city yeah. who is a vibrant business community has to figure out how um you know, I was in Cleveland the other day, and Cleveland is like, you no longer, they're renting apartments by saying, now you can just work in a really cool place and live here. And downtown Cleveland used to be a place where people went to work. So they're like, no, live here and work home. And they're like, well, that can sustain the bars and the restaurants and the stores and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Just getting the bodies there. Same with here. They have to figure out a way, once it opens, to get the bodies here and all of these other cities that the business stuff won't, at least won't happen in 2021. You know? Mm -hmm. What's the next big thing? The um, weed convention is coming in August or October. I've been so far out of it, I just stopped. Yeah. It used to be that every week I was, you know, yeah. planning for a reopening. So is, is there, like, now. you know, the Vegas has a, has a convention calendar. It would be tough to months. book not knowing. Like, if you're a company, you have to commit, you got to get a booth or whatever you got to do at a convention. And you you do have to expend money in advance that you probably can't get back if it's canceled. You know, at some point, um, I would say twenty twenty one. Those companies, if they are planning on doing stuff like that, are going to Texas and they're going to Florida. You know, yeah, that's sucks. right. It, 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 and so that's what it is. And they can do. I mean, there's so many things out now, like solution. Like I said, I. I don't like hearing about a problem unless there's like an absolute solution to it. And like this, you know, what's COVID, your solution? That's why we're COVID's here. Been a problem, but this, you know, we have the ability to rapid test people now for yeah. large scale events. It's just some of these states are like, oh no, I just am going to sit on that and not like, what, what the fuck not? I like, get that. But when you're you talking know, about like, May, we have the ability to vaccinate everybody. Yeah, we have the ability now. to vaccinate, to do rapid testing. It's, you know, you could, if you think masks work, whatever, yeah. do mask mandates. Obviously we know how to wash our hands and sanitize social distance. There's solutions to COVID and everyone knows what it is by now. So to just keep in this like forever of lockdown state, it's just fucking stupid. Right. So, yes. uh, you know, I know there's still some unknown, but somebody has to be like, this date, because we've always wanted this date. So even back in the day when Trump was like, I want to be open by Easter, maybe it was ambitious, but he had a line to say, <laughs> and people could understand that if you give people, and that's why props to the states that are just like, we're going to open and we'll deal yeah. with it if it goes bad. A city like Las Vegas, in order to fill the calendar, or New York, same thing, they're going to be like, we have to do Fashion Week, or we have to do all of these other events that you're going to have to say, we are going through with this. We will not cancel on you mm -hmm. and hope as many people get on board with that as possible. You know, Los Angeles, they realized the one thing that Los Angeles did realize, and it wasn't fair to a lot of other things, but how much the film and television industry um, drove employment in that city well, and the jobs. Yeah. And they... So they let everyone do that, but nothing else. Right. So they let the craft services people serve food, and then they wouldn't let the restaurant, restaurant store yeah. serve food. But, you know, all of the cities have to just say, what are the industries and who are the bodies that we cannot afford to lose for a second year and figure out politics aside? Like, you know, it's still, a, you know, take the health piece out of it for a second. I know it, it matters, but you still have to be like, um, I have to make the confident, the, 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 um, the visitors or the inhabitants feel safe. That's step one. 
And then once that happened, how do I get the people who don't live here to come to our city and invest money and to move your company here? And all? I mean, every company can't move to Texas or maybe they can. <laughs> you know, maybe they can all move to Texas and Florida, yeah. you know? So I think a great example is if you look at, you know, the, the four big states that have been in the news. You have New York, California, Florida, and Texas. Mm -hmm. Right. Texas, basically right now, zero restrictions. You know, Texas and Florida have had kind of like really reduced restrictions compared to New York and California, which have everything locked down. New York and California are still crushing them in cases, deaths, yeah. deaths per 100,000. Right. So there has to be a moment to where someone says, okay, if we're supposed to be all the fucking science, look at the fucking numbers. Look at the science. If, well, <laughs> I know. The Florida problem has, is... Everyone in Florida is old. The problem is we can't... I know. Uh, Florida has the... Um, Fifth, New York uh, or California has the fifth youngest population in the country, and they still have the problem. At some point, we're still relying on the the media to report the numbers fairly, and they're still, even though the election happened or whatever, they're reporting them from the pers from the perspective that uh, Trump fucked up and everybody who's a Republican fucked up too. And so those states don't know what they're doing, and they're reckless, and they're crazy, and it's still... And all the wording that they used to. And, and like, still, yeah. you know, California, you know, people know Surging. now, because people in California, where I live, understand that it, he did get it wrong, but the rest of the country still, you know, is getting the news that it's reckless to, you know, Georgia was the first place to open That's right. almost a year ago. Yeah. And they're... They made the right call. Georgia flies under the radar too. You know, all summer, like I was like following all the clubs on IG, their Instagram stories, and it's like July, and they have like Trey songs performing, and yeah. no one has a mask. And then you look at the news, and it's like Florida had the Super like Bowl, the, and they had super parties. Everybody, fine. but no one was talking about that. You turn on the news, and it was the freaking Harley thing. That's Sturgis. It's a yep. super spreader. I'm like, is anyone watching what's going on in Atlanta every single night? I know. <laughs> That's why I don't understand. And we talked about this on the, the last media's episode. Very of this. How many people right. want to keep locked down, though? There's a lot of people who want there it to are go on a long time. Every time you see someone driving in their car with their fucking mask on, that is someone that yeah. one shouldn't reproduce. But also, <laughs> it's, those people are happy with the lockdown. They are. They're, they are, but and, why? It can't I, just be the money. I know this answer. You do. Yes, it's because they didn't have life before COVID. That's what I think. And it was the great 100%. equalizer. Nobody's yep. getting too far ahead of me. Yes. The longer this goes on, I don't feel... I've said that too, yep. and I agree with you. The longer this goes on, the more it's the great leveler. It levels the playing field for everybody because we're all stuck yep. in this together. You don't have if the anxiety been... of having to go, go, and catch up with the rest of the world when right. you're not I was winning. losing before... Yeah. And so nobody's nobody's getting. Now too far everyone's ahead. watching Tiger King all day on a Wednesday afternoon. It's exactly, not a big deal. It was so the same life as me. Yeah, but that's the thing is you have some people who are perfectly happy, like you said, watching everyone else in their misery, and those people are obviously because they're miserable the most vocal. Mm -hmm. So I have a friend who today on her Instagram was literally posting her story. Hey guys, the pandemic's still going on. I'm watching these stories, and it's like the fuck is your problem you're married your husband makes good money he works in entertainment so he yeah. hasn't there's been no reduction in salary right. if, i asked those you, people what is your standard what is it zero like what is your standard if, where you will feel safe if you have been working this entire time mm -hmm. and haven't had to take a reduction in salary and your life has been normal yeah. your opinion doesn't matter, doesn't matter. and this. that's a lot that's the news media that's exactly they've been working the whole time exactly like yeah oh, uh, it, that is the most frustrating part mm -hmm. when you have 
you know, Newsom is a perfect example. I mean, shit, you can pick any of them who are like, oh, this is so bad. Everyone's going to die. But now I'm dining in a restaurant with health officials yeah, with no masks on top of each so other. Anthony Fauci is the highest paid public official of all of our yeah. government. He's the highest paid guy in the government. And he wants this to go on a long time. He's a hero. He, he's a media figure. He's now. a media figure. He likes it. Celebrity. As soon as it's over, we never hear from him again. And that's it for him. No, he'll write a book. And well, I, I get it. But he, you know, I... Trying to extend your 15 minutes of fame because you want to keep it going versus saying, like when he started to say, even if you um, got vaccinated, you still need to wear masks and everything, that started to turn things a little bit. Because yes. people were like, because every other country in the world is almost like, come to the bar and get vaccinated. They're doing that in Ireland. Like they're incentivizing people. Wow. The, the way out of this is get a vaccine. Here we're like, if you get a vaccine, it still won't make a difference. Well, that's not making people rush to get a vaccine. Correct. Yeah. You know, we're, we're just handling it wrong. But There's so, too many people who want people to keep this are, going. The ones that are saying, the ones that are getting the vaccine are saying, oh, but you still have to wear your mask. You still have, it's like, they the, like you said, they want to stay in lockdown. They want things to stay the same. And this is my issue Crazy. with with Fauci. Obviously, with the education he has and his background is something that I can't speak to because I don't give a fuck about that. Type he of went stuff. to my college, so he has the same education <laughs> as me. All right. So, but the thing is, when you have someone who that is their job, it is to study diseases and this. You are only going to get a very narrow view of his perspective, and he is someone that would probably doesn't want any deaths related to whatever disease he's fighting at that time. There should have been, and this I blame a lot on Trump, is not having someone from an economic background being like, hey, yes, we could do a lockdown for 14 days, but this is the potential if this goes on for a month, if this goes on for two yeah. months. These are the job losses. These are, this is what- The depression, the, depression. the alcoholism, These the miscreenings. These are all the other all things. Yeah. So, and then for a pandemic, you don't need to list, oh, if they die, if they test positive for COVID and they die from anything in 60 days, that goes as a COVID death. Yeah. When you that's see that's stuff that's like that, that, and that's the problem with the conspiracy theories and everything else that goes around, is when you see something like that, a gunshot victim listed as a COVID death, there's nothing in no world that that makes sense. Well, once they incentivized, that, yes. uh, they paid extra money for COVID. And they did do that. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's yeah. a real thing that, that if they label as COVID deaths, there's, more, there's a bigger Medicare payment. That's a real thing. But so how in the world... Yeah, those type policies are why we're in in this mess, because then it was you were incentivized for everyone to die of COVID, a 60 day waiting period to die of COVID if you test positive I for know. anything. So then you have people like us who I have over 200 friends who have got COVID and only one went to the hospital. And that's because she is lupus. We see these things and right. we're like, all right, so if you have to fudge the numbers and masks are good, then masks are bad. And now yeah. my friends that have got COVID are like, man, I've had flus that are, I've had hangovers that are yeah. worse. But then all of a sudden you hear about this 40-year-old that died of COVID that was perfectly healthy. Well, I know. That's part of it. A my lot of people walking around hungover every day and they don't even know when they feel sick. They're like, I feel like that every day. My dad's 80 years old in an um, old folks home in North Carolina. He got COVID. He survived. And it was one of those things where when I was talking to him, I'm like, he's like, yeah, apparently I got COVID. I'm like, what do you mean apparently you got COVID? He's like, yeah, I tested positive for it. I'm like, well, why'd you get tested? Did you have symptoms? And he's like, no. I'm like, all right, let's start off. Long story short, I'm like, he's like, oh, I thought I had pneumonia. I'm like, dad, if you thought you had pneumonia, you had fucking symptoms. <laughs> like, yeah. pneumonia is not something to fuck with. But my dad, old school, like, hunts bears with a muzzle loader, like, <laughs> Vietnam vet. He was just like... Yeah, so they told me I had COVID, not pneumonia. And they had him quarantined for 14 days, and 
Well, back to normal. Yeah, I mean, and and it's amazing because this is political junkies, and it's yeah. theoretically, how much of it we talk about COVID because how much of COVID is political, and it's still that way. And I just wonder yeah. at what point do people accept that and and say a lot of this is political, and then say at some point I need to go back to life or push the envelope or get go back to work and somebody's got to do what Texas did. Do these states are like, that's it. Yeah. Well, it's, Show's it's over. crazy because I used to be very, very left and I'm John, James and I have had this conversation. James is- Oh, a, she a was Republican. insane. I was I like, know. I had to mute her on Facebook. <laughs> and I was, but when the COVID thing hit, I didn't think of it as political. I was just like, whoa, shutting stuff down and putting people out of work, that's yeah. not right. Like if people want, don't want to get sick, it's their right to choose to not go out into quarantine. And I'm like, this forced stuff, I did not think of it as a political thing at all. I think Trump made a mistake by you know saying something in the beginning i don't know what he said but that turned it more into political like he supported when trump said that he's not wearing a mask everybody dove in on pro mask when trump said it was gonna it was a hoax and it wasn't everything that's i think everything was a reaction to things that trump said exactly so but i remember the first time someone called me i was just like i didn't believe that we should have lockdown someone called me a right-wing nut job but i'm like right if me? you say anything <laughs> about the numbers or, or logical you're QAnon, you're yeah. trump yeah. and and that's why you we couldn't have we've tried on this podcast a bunch to have rational conversations and it still comes back to the political so rather than say it's about the medical or the political let's focus on the economic everybody wants a while so like what do we do this cannot go on forever, and our government cannot just keep printing money and paying people to stay home and not do anything. Maybe they can. I don't know. I don't know how that works either. Um, they seem to have money when they want it. You turn into Venezuela. Right. They Right. You turn into Venezuela. But at some point, it's like, what, are you, what is each individually... Um, we think is our end game on this. I've worked consistently. I've traveled consistently. I've had the most, the busiest 12-month period of my life, probably, because I chose to do that. It wasn't like I was reckless or putting other people in danger, but I was able to do things to move my own life forward. Mm -hmm. And I thought going to my local CVS was no worse than going to a CVS in Nashville. CVS is CVS. Okay, so I chose to keep doing that forward. A lot of people really liked the food delivery and they really liked the binge-watching shows and they really liked that. I think a lot of people have to think, well, how much did I enjoy my life before? Because you certainly don't want to turn the lights back on to the world and go back to a life that you weren't that unhappy with before. So hopefully a lot of people took this 12-month period and rethought, what do I want to do moving forward and how do I turn this into an opportunity? I wasn't happy. How can I be happy? I hate watching like all these shows... I just, I don't like it because I see real life and what life was like before COVID. And it's incredibly frustrating to watch. I mean, shit, even movies I loved yeah. and then it goes to like a sports scene or a fight scene and there's everybody in the same room and there's people without masks and it's just. Think about it. It's just, man, fuck this. I don't want to be reminded about that stuff. When Once again, with our governor, we have no end in sight. Handshake you seems know? so strange on television. Like we used to do, you know, things that are just different. It's like, you know, I was a New Yorker and you'd see a movie and every once in a while you'd be like, oh, there's the World Trade Center. And it would it would be like yeah. A, yeah. a different time. And so, you know, I, I, some things will be, some things make sense. Like I like the plexiglass in front of the cashier. <laughs> I think they should always have, I think that's fine. <laughs> I think they should have that. I like a little distancing. I like sanitizer. I like certain things. Certain things like we have to rethink and I'm like, oh yeah, that works or whatever. And then, but mostly it's how do we get people motivated 
to be happier because none of these public health officials ever said anything about get some exercise while you're home or get some sunlight no, while you're doing any of these things. Shit. Never. It was just lock up, eat, you know. Yeah, which is, I think, and I know you've talked about this before, just about health and um and we mentioned it before on the show. It's just a lot of the uh, people who, you know, unfortunately are passing away from COVID have a lot of underlying health issues right. because of their own life choices, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I, the, I feel like the first thing that the people should have been pushing was if you are <clears throat> extremely overweight, you need to, you, you have a, a much higher chance. It was always chance. the like, outlier making the news. Go work out. Like it's, yeah. It was the healthy marathoner drop dead. Yeah, but you can't offend people these days either. So you can't say that because someone I, might get offended. I know that, but if we had taken the time to identify the ones truly at risk and done yeah. something about that, and, and you weren't allowed to say that out loud, there's so many things that, that you were not allowed to say out loud um, or it went down this, you know, you're Trump, you're crazy, rabbit you hole, you don't care about back people. back further, you know, the mental health in our country, there's no, there, I asked, what's the word I'm looking for? Not solution. But there's there's nothing going towards it. It's all pills, you know. Yeah. Like when we were it's younger, masking when, the problem. When there was a crazy kid in class, they took the kid out of class and they put him in a, another place for crazy people. Now you can't call <laughs> crazy people fucking crazy. Got to yeah. pill them and up. Guess what? They're getting pills, and then yeah. they don't take the pills, and then they're in there shooting up a fucking school. You know, yep. you have everybody is so worried about harming this small, small, small percentage of the populations that could do harm to themselves or others. Right. That the, it just everything everyone else has to suffer yeah. for it. And I mean, we were kids. It was all about toughing you up. That was like the yes. thing. And like, you can't Dodge now, ball. now it's like feelings. So you got to be aware of people's feelings. But I, I think when you like give in to people's feelings and coodle them, nothing positive comes out of it. Of like not. you have to have, people have to get their feelings hurt. Like, sorry. Like you have to. They do. And I, I think the, the fallout of all of this is we're going to have a serious mental health crisis because I think we have put people into too dark a hole to suddenly just be like, oh, we're all fine again. I think people really have gone down, and I think that that's no matter how we open things, close things, or whatever, we got to figure out a way to to address that, not just pill it up, not just not just um, hide feelings, not just it's we can't offend anybody. Like we we have to figure out a way to make people want to be healthier, People want to be better. have to stop watching the news and they have to get off social media and they have to go outside and they have to start making real connections. Yes. Even if it's just with people in your own family yep. that are in the same household with you. I've taken a little sabbatical from Twitter for a couple of days. And a couple days. <laughs> well, I just started it and I'm just trying to see how long I want to go. But, you know, I used to use it for my news updates yeah. really quick every morning. And, we'll keep you, know, you posted on shit. that. James is doing with his Twitter fast. <laughs> but uh, I just, I put my Twitter, my Instagram on private and just kind of step back and the toxicity is not there. Like you go on a lot of these apps looking yeah. to get into a fight we, and we, you know the, the, your triggers, so to speak. Yeah. And that just sends you down that rabbit hole of negativity where you're just looking to one better, that we, anonymous troll that in real life you would just punch in the fucking mouth. We <laughs> added <laughs> that you bring up the toxicity. We added an unhealthy um, political culture to a health crisis. And so you made people already um, emotionally unhealthy because of that. They were physically unhealthy. And, you know, the best thing anybody could have done is go outside and take a walk. That's still the yes. healthiest thing that everybody yeah. could have done on a lot of levels. And we told people that you can't do that. You can't walk on the beach. You can't go on the trails. And we shut everybody down. So you then locked us in with our social media and with our emotions and getting fatter and drinking more. And we created... 200 million people who is like a time bomb here. Yeah, yeah, it, really was. That was what I thought was so funny when people were like, oh, did Trump handle this correct? No. 
in my opinion. But you have these people who are like, oh, the Trump virus. Motherfucker, have you looked? The entire world is dying from this. Know. You know, there's like two and a half million people that have died globally. This came from one spot, and that, that country decided to close down domestic travel and keep international travel. Right there, that's why when Biden came in and the first thing he did was not help us, but give, decided to give money back to the World Health Organization, yeah. the same organization that covered for China, I know. that literally told us a year ago that it was okay and that this virus was not asymptomatic. These organizations like, that, that we've traditionally laughed yeah. at, CDC, we World Health Organization, in, we're like, what do we do? And suddenly they're the, they're the voice of reason. He should when, be inside the World Health Organization arresting every single person there if they have any offices here in the United States, yeah. kicking them the fuck out, Screwed yeah. up. never funding them again, be like, hey, you know what? You want to work for China? Take their money. I know and it's James Heaton now. <laughs> start from the ground up. But that's what I'm saying is people aren't looking at the root of all these yeah. things. Everyone's like, oh, well, Trump said it'd be over by Easter. Well, yeah, the World Health Organization told this motherfucker yeah. that it wasn't contagious through, you know, yeah. through normal people. Of course, uh, blaming one person for this is just yeah. ridiculous anyways. I know. All right, we're going to end this on yeah. a positive note. Uh, so March 2021 to March 2022, what do you hope that year looks like? What do you paint a picture of what I you hope, hope that looks I like? I hope that everything opens up and business just booms for everybody. That's good. Mm -hmm. Everyone makes money. And if somebody wants to cry about it, they can stay their ass home. <laughs> they don't care. They don't have to participate in the boom. The pool well, is the open. The boom will happen without them. The pool is open. <laughs> yes. The boom. So you want it to be a boom year. Yes. I think that's year. a good chance I'm going to have it. James, you're, you're uh, March to March. All right. A boom hopeful. year would obviously be incredible. Um, I just wish that people would take this time to reflect and see not necessarily why they're in a situation, but why they personally feel the way that they do. And if they look back and say, I am this toxic and this angry because I've been watching this news channel or doing, engaging in these type of arguments on this social media, cut those things out of your life. You have so many other things that you can do to provide an outlet. Yeah. It's just getting that toxicity out of your life you get your friends to do that, and then that's what starts to spread to everyone is kind of like not being able to be used by the media or by either political side, because both sides do it. You know, yeah. you have to look at yourself, see why I am toxic, why I am angry, why I feel like I have no future, and fix that shit yourself. Because at the end of the day, you are the only person responsible for yourself. Yeah. That's it. Yep. No one else. Yep. You can blame Trump, uh, you can blame Biden, more. you can blame anyone. You're right. At the end of the day, you will still be a fucking loser living in your apartment <laughs> by yourself and crying about how miserable you are, and it's going to be your fault. Well, that's the word I would <laughs> blame. So for, for my um, Accountability, hope, like yes. my hope for March to March is that we don't spend that time rehashing the last year, finger pointing, blaming. I, we, we pause on it. Just the way I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that the first thing Congress chose to do was to deal with the, the capital riots as soon as they got in. There's more important things. They should have tabled that for five months and done that. For one year, we don't look backward. We only look forward. And then after a year, we will see when all the dust falls and we'll sort of reevaluate how we handle things. Shit, three but months. rather than waste the year, uh, another year, like you said, everybody back in the pool. Let's see where we can go. <laughs> Let's look forward. And then we can take a time and rehash and uh, look back at the mistakes we've made and all that. But let's not turn the lights on and then um, waste all of that time yeah. finger pointing and arguing and all these things. Uh, you guys were fun. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. This was a lot of fun. Thank Thank you too guys. fast. I know. That's the way it goes. Uh, as far as us, like, share, subscribe. And as always, please review Political Junkies. Your reviews do mean a lot in the podcasting ecosystem. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.